Hey Warriors, welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you had a great week. Um, I was going to share a little bit about what's going on with us, but you just guys just keep praying for the house stuff to come through. But I have two friends that are part of my gaming community that they've been going through a lot. And one of them, you know, he, he has epilepsy issues that have been coming through and, and he's been having seizures a lot. But the doctors, you know, have given somewhat of a diagnosis for it, but not truly a true answer, but enough to help him through whatever is causing it. But he is, because he had strokes, they think had many strokes, that he doesn't have, his right leg is really weak and his right arm is really weak. And he wants to be able to gain that strength again. If you guys could pray for him. Um, his uh, gamer name is Ringo, but you could pray for him and uh, put put that in your in your minds for him. He's been going through all this stuff for a long time, and I do believe God has a purpose for him, and he really wants to serve God, and he has a heart for him. And it would be neat to see a lot of healing come to his body, that he could be able to do the stuff that he believes God has called him to do. So it's one. My other friend. Well, I'm gonna use I'm not gonna use his real name either, but his gamer name is Magic. Um, if you guys wanna use that, some of you guys probably know him in the Discord, and he's shared this prayer request already there. But this is for everybody else who's out there to pray for his mom. Um, today they went to the doctors. They did find out that she does have cancer, and it's in the uterus area of her body. Um, this guy he takes care of his parents. He uh, has been there for his parents. He works to take care of everything and he cooks for them and he helps them out. And he's put a lot of heart and love into his parents and honoring them. And right now, anxiety, fear, you know, knowing that this is happening is going to start clouding him. And he needs to have all you guys out there willing to pray for him. And care for him and if you guys still have not joined discord because there is like 119 people that are like on just the group thing let alone i don't know how many of you out there are actually listening if you join the facebook page you join the group i can give you the link and you could join the discord because we need a, a way to be able to make sure that it's not just random people joining the discord um but it's a place where the guys have been coming together, praying for each other, asking questions, sharing concerns, battles. You know, it's it's what brotherhood's about. I know this is not the 100% answer to all of you guys because it's way better when you could find a brotherhood near you. And I challenge you guys to find that. But if you don't have it and you do want to find something, a way to connect, a way to reach out, this Discord group is going to be a way to do it. Because, you know, my hope is when we finally get to move, when we finally get to start our, our ministry physically, I'd, I'd be able to build up a men's group somehow. Secondly, even a women's group. Um, I, I think those are the two vital parts to what Echo Life is going to be about because they are the heads of the family. They're, they're the two pieces to the unity of that family. And they need to be taught and trained um right now because of this podcast is going to be more geared towards men 
Doesn't mean women can't learn from it, but it's geared towards men because the men are the leaders of the family. And then my hopes as I start working on trying to set up the show concept, you know, that's not going to be 100% geared towards just men. It's going to be geared towards, excuse me, Christian talk. So it may have a mixture of different things, concerns, things we notice, articles, videos. Like, I, like I'm trying to learn how to do all that. My hope is that as it grows, this could be the way to be able to actually have people join in conversation and be able to have just not just me, but have other visitors and maybe even have local pastors or whatever be a part of conversation so you guys can get a little bit more out of it. Um, my, my dream would be if you guys ever uh, listen to Steven Crowder's stuff, it would be to have like a group of guys that would be a part of that and it'd be actually you know we they're they're working with me so like it would be just really neat to see that happen while we still focus on echo life ministries being a ministry that's about discipleship and building people up to be godly and upright and walking in truth and sharing the gospel message to other people so definitely a lot to pray for but those two prayer requests uh, Ringo and Magic, if you guys can put that your prayer request today, those are my vital prayer requests today. Anyway, so for this week, I was thinking about what I want to talk about. And I've had a few conversations with different people, and I've kind of been noticing that there are p people want to know what God's plan is for them. I've been noticing that they have intentions why they're choosing to do what they're doing for a purpose they think would be a good reason to do it but it's not necessarily what god wants it to be so to clear this whole thought up right we sit there and there is paths we are we're brought up we're you know parents try to train us to be a certain way some of us are like, oh, I don't like to want to be like my parents. Other people, you know, they've had parents that, you know, were more open, allowing them to be able to seek out God's guidance on what they choose. And others, it might be they had parents that were so laid back that they didn't have really any direction. And then others didn't weren't brought up in Christian families. So they didn't discover Christ until later in life. And now they're like, okay, now what? And they may have been working at these jobs for a long time. Um, they may be, you know, starting off like, Hey, I'm being called to be a pastor, but I don't know how to get there. You see, the thing is the one thing I've learned throughout all these years is to make sure you ask God, but not only ask, do it in trust. My favorite verses that God gave me when I believe I was like, I think it was a freshman in college was Proverbs three, five. And six, but I add seven because there's an important part to that. And we did use this not too long ago. It might have been last time. But this also fits into this understanding the path to being called. Okay. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So this is not really talking about necessarily, oh, you know, if I trust him, path is going to be made clear. It's the, the purpose behind this 
is the idea of trusting God. Trusting God means that you believe what you're reading in scripture. You believe that he is holy. You believe that you are supposed to obey his commands. You're supposed to follow in the truth. You're supposed to not be like the world. And trusting with all your heart is contrary to the teachings of um, follow your heart. Okay. There's a reason why it says trust the Lord with all your heart, because the teaching of just follow your heart is not trusting in God, it's trusting in yourself. And if you trust yourself, you're going to fall into evil. Because our personal desires are not necessarily God's purpose for us or God's will. They, they, yeah, you may have the Holy Spirit and yeah, you may be saved, but there's still that battle between the flesh and the spirit, right? There's still going to be times where you're going to want to sin and you are tempted. And there's going to be times where you will sin, be times you will fail. There's times you might get mad at your wife. There might be times you yell at your kids. There might be times where you make a bad choice at work. Those things will and could possibly happen. But if you're trusting in God, it means you are willing to grow towards God's ways, follow Jesus's ways, to obey the scriptures, to repent from sins, to stop chasing after the world, stop, keep, stop doing the same sin over and over again, not because you can't, but because you know it feels good. And so you continue to do it because there is a choice to turn away from sin. Now, there is some sins that might have addictional issues or it may take a lot of time to get there. But if you're striving for being more like Christ, eventually you will get to that point, though truly our true change will not happen until death as we are with Christ or when he returns and we are changed. Okay. So as you continue on, it says in all your ways, acknowledge him. Now this was always important to me because the one thing I was not doing was acknowledging him on everything. I talk about a lot about surrendering. Surrendering means kind of like this with all the ways of knowledge, you give it to him. So you're surrendering everything, all the ideas that you have, all the perspectives, you know, you're a single guy and you just like three girls you really like, but you don't know who's the right one. Ask God. There is a girl you really like. Ask God, is she the one I should be focusing on? There is colleges. You have been asked by five different colleges, two colleges, one college. Ask God, do I go? Got two job offers. Which one should I take? Ask God. I need a new car. Ask God. I want to buy a house. Ask God. Get God involved in all your ways. That's surrendering. Because when you don't do that, you're not surrendering. You're, you're trying to figure it all out. You're trying to put all the pieces together. You're trying to make all the choices all by yourself. And you're doing it in your own power. And a lot of times, you know, it could be a good thing that comes out of it. But a lot of times it actually ends up like if... Well, like I kind of used this example. You you get offered two jobs. One job is offering you ninety thousand dollars. 
you've been waiting for a good decent job the other one you know you this current job you're at 45 they're going to offer you 58 and say or 60. so human-minded ninety thousand. that's a lot of money for someone who's been getting paid 35 to 40 45 range that's a big change but even 60 is a big change but now which one is the right answer a lot of times instinctively choosing the 90,000 seems to be logical because the more money things could be good but when you ask God what does he say and he's not gonna necessarily say straightforward pick this one but he may show you different things around the job like location um, Let's say the $90,000 jobs in a big city. You have kids, you have a family, you have dogs, whatever. You know it's going to be harder to find a place in the city. So now do I buy a house outside the city so that way I can have a yard and all that, but now you have to drive half an hour to get to work. This other job is in a smaller town. You could buy a house anywhere in the town and it's basically going to be about a five seven minute drive um the kids it's a this place even though it's small has a really good school the one in the city has an all right school uh looking for churches um you know there's churches that are really nice out there you know they're pretty good size but you know you're looking for that small church feel this other one has it like there's a lot of different things you could bring to thought that god's going to start showing you basically the pros and cons of the situation, then you're going to start seeing God really kind of make that path straight. You're going to start noticing that, you know, even though I can make lots of money there, there's a lot of things pointing to the $60,000 thing. It's very similar to what my wife felt when we walked into Hillsborough. Okay. It doesn't mean that when you're looking for a job, the cheaper job is the right answer. Because what happens if God's leading you to do the $90,000 job? And yes, it's going to be a 30-minute drive. But you end up discovering a friend, the connection that's only about 15 minutes away, that you can go to a spot, drop, you know, get there, and drive with him the other half. Now you get to spend 15 minutes talking to this guy who may just need someone like you, a brother. Or you may need him. You see, here's the thing is, God makes straight the paths that you have before you. He will show you which one is the right one to go on, if you ask. Very important. Anyway, so as we continue, what God has planned is up to you to ask and trust and faith as he leads. It doesn't mean that what you what you see God is leading you to do, the path is necessarily going to be the way you think it's going to be. Because if I were to look at my path, I, and from a human eyes, it's not straight. I'd be like, this is not a straight path. This is not taking me to, like, it. It just doesn't come together the way you th that I thought it would be. If that makes sense. And I want you, and I'm going to explain a little bit more in the second half. 
The idea for you guys is to understand that sometimes you're going to have times when you're following God, it just seems like it just does not make sense. But what he is asking of you is, do you trust me? And will you obey? If he tells you, I want you to quit this job and move your family across country, you live in California, I want you to move to Florida. And he's telling you, and he's making it very clear that's what he's trying to do. You do it. A lot of times our human nature is, well, it's comfortable. I'm comfortable where I'm at. Why would I want to leave? I'm happy where I'm at. I have family here. That's the key thing. God has a plan. If you go do it, it's going to be better than what you can imagine. Though sometimes, like my wife and I in our situation in Hartford, there was a reason we needed to impact the people that we impacted. But it was not for us to stay there. It was for us to light a fire on certain people and then let God move over there. So sometimes the past lead us to other paths for a time, for a purpose, because he has a plan. Same thing, even my job at Sears. I thought this was a waste of my time. I'm stuck here. A mediocre job that's not paying hardly anything. I like it, but it's with a company that doesn't really care about their employees. Ding, ding, ding. It's a company that doesn't pay very well to their employees. Ding, ding, ding. You start going back and you realize the reason why he had you there was because of the people there. Since they didn't care about him as much. I mean, I'm not talking about everybody because we had some really, really good, amazing managers. The company itself was more about wanting to make money, not making sure their employees are taken care of, sadly. So when this art, the store that I worked at closed, Pastor Mode came in, and I know I've shared this before, but that's the idea. We don't know why God has us going to certain places. We don't understand why he opens up certain jobs, but we trust in saying yes to do it because he has a plan. Even if it's for a year that you work at some place because he needs you to meet somebody there to help them see him clearly. Remember, he's using us as a ministry to other people. I want you to think about that where you're at today and the opportunities throughout the years or recent that you've recently moved and got a job. Look at the people that God has you connecting to and ask him to clear your vision of why he has you at that job. Because there's probably a purpose that you've been kind of ignoring because you're more focused on this job is not necessarily what I've been hoping for. You know, it's been 10 years and I haven't really moved anywhere, but there might've been a reason for why you are there. And then there might be a time, maybe it's time for you to move on. Maybe he needs you somewhere else because he has another plan for you. You've been doing automotive work for 10 years, but now he wants you to do it somewhere else and minister as somewhere else. Or maybe you worked at this big, fancy, you know, law firm for many, many years and you're hoping to get partner. Hasn't really happened. You've been there 15 years. Pray about it because maybe he needs you to go move to some small town in Alabama and be a lawyer there because he needs you to 
impact and witness to those people. You see, our paths are made straight when we invite him in to be a part of it. But we have to make sure, like in verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. Doing evil things or doing worldly things does not, <laughs> that's not God doing it. Okay, make sure you're asking him to be part of it. We're going to take a quick break and come back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, Warriors, welcome back to the second half. Um, you know, I made my statement and hope you're thinking about that. Now, the second half is actually going to be kind of talking a little bit of why Sometimes our paths are never normal. Um, I think of the story of Paul, who used to be Saul. And if you knew anything about him, you know, you can look up like in Acts 7 through 9 is kind of like at the time frame when he saw verse 13, or say chapter 13 is when he actually has his name changed from Saul to Paul. So if anything, you can look up his storyline and it's in, mostly in Acts. Um, and you can see the change. Well, kind of see the change, but you kind of see things that are happening. So we know that in Acts 7 is when Stephen is about, you know, about to get stoned. He's the first martyr for Christ, and Saul's there. In fact, he's the one that collected Stephen's coat, put it aside. Now, he is observing and witnessing of Stephen's love for Christ. Right there is the first moment that Saul, Saul saw something different. Because if you go and you and you learn more about Paul throughout the scriptures, you, you you learn that he was brought up in Jerusalem's teachings. So that means he was with the Pharisee of the Pharisees, those guys that Jesus spoke against. You know that he was hanging out with top dogs because he was well-known, well-liked, and was going to become the Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was going to be that top dog pastor. He was going to be the leader of the biggest church in Jerusalem of the old law, of course, but he, you know, like I'm trying to make it kind of relatable. So it's kind of like finding, you know, the biggest church you could think of. And this guy is being trained to be, <coughs> the senior pastor of that church he is on the road to being the pastor they're even implying that he could be better than him or like surpass him that's how good Paul was in their eyes or Saul right after Stephen is stoned immediately Saul goes into I'm going to be the hero 
of this church. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to find these evil followers who are following this carpenter who are trying to teach these lies because it is heretical and I must put a stop to it. So he becomes the hands and feet of the, of the Pharisees of the, of these Israelite Jews who don't believe that Jesus is the son of God. And he, in his heart, probably believed he was doing God's work 100% because he was doing what everybody else had been doing. He'd been following the way that all these pastors have gone through before, just like I thought I was going to be a youth pastor for five to seven years, and then I was going to get my first associate pastor job, do that for the next five, seven years, and then boom, finally get to be a senior pastor of a church, whether it was a church I was at or some other church. Never in all my time that I thought that I was going to be going through this process the way that I'm going through. Never. In a million years, I never thought I'd be doing a podcast. And I never would be thinking about doing a show. I never would have been thinking about planting a church. Now, mind you, I had been creating church concepts and stuff like that for fun ever since I took my bachelor classes my degree is kind of on systematic um, teaching and systematic uh, sculpting of a of a ministry so I looked at the skeletal parts of church running the whole like appearance look type deal is not necessarily my forte as much as designing the purpose behind an idea. So starting a Bible study, doing this podcast, you know, like all these, like my mindset is I enjoy doing this podcast, but I don't think about advertisement. I'm not really good at that. I'm not good with technology per se on like the level of some of these younger people who have been doing all this stuff for a long time. I'm really good at development of ministry, not the appearance of it, which is interesting because one of the things that the, the my wife and even the other young lady who's going to be helping us with her husband, we realized we as Echo Life Church or ministries, we used to be calling, we were going to call it that, but it's Echo Life Ministries. We don't want to be a brand. We want to build, we don't want to build a brand. We want to build disciples. That's the idea behind the concept. We, want, we don't want to build a brand. We want to build disciples. Now you're probably thinking, what does that mean? So, um, Hillsong, Elevation, Transformation Church, a lot of what they've done is become a brand. Now, would I want a worship band to be formed and if they were to make music and suddenly become famous as worship, I would not be upset with that. But when you become a brand, it's about Appearances? Are you dressing more hip? Are you more relatable to the world? Are you preaching and teaching stuff that a non-believer would want to hear without 
putting out the, hey, you need to stop doing that sin. Because feel-good sermons are what brand churches do. So when you go to a church and they're teaching the gospel and they're talking about the scriptures, you will know. And they're, and it's going to be, a di- the sermons are going to sound different. However, going from the other perspective of being super biblical and conservative is that you could become too secluded and no one knows about you. So I've been through both sides of the pendulum. I understand both sides. The brand side is not definitely not where we want to go because you start losing yourself into progressive wokeness and watering down the scriptures. I also want to be careful not becoming too conservative to the point where you just go to church, hide in your pews, and then kind of move on. Even though both sides have that same problem, my experience on the other side is you pray for everything, you don't ask for help, and you don't reach out, and you just you just take care of your church or ministry alone. So our perspective and what we would like to see is building people that are going out into the community. So Saul, in this case, was probably more of the really hardcore conservatives because they were really not wanting like just them to be the spiritual leaders where Jesus is kind of showing, hey, I want everybody to know when I who I am what I'm doing here and the changes that can happen if you believe in me, because I am going to die for you and I'm going to write or no raise rise from the dead three days later to defeat sin and death. And that's where we want to stay at because the liberal progressive side has taken what Christ has done and is now creating their own version of Jesus, their own version of God. Because if you know, like I've shared not too long ago, he gets us.org is now pumping out more commercials. They have a hundred million dollar commercial franchise behind them of different churches, different denominations, different groups, anonymous families pumping out this money for that. And everything they're teaching in there is very progressive, very woke. Because it's taking and stealing away the image of Christ with their perspective of it to pull people in without focusing on the sin of the human being. I don't want to get too far into that because it's very vital to understand there's three areas. It does not mean that we don't reach out. We don't have our name known. But when you become, he gets us, you know, some of what Hillsong's leadership has taken their church to, Elevation Church has taken itself to, you got to be really careful because now you become more of a brand than a ministry or ministering to the people. Because when you start hearing people say, oh, you can't say that about the pastor. He's not wrong. He's the chosen one for this position. He is basically blessed by God. And it's not just them. There's a lot of these other churches that have very similar concepts. Like the pastor is like given this special authority by the Holy Spirit that nobody else can really have because he is the chosen one. 
is also not a very good teaching. That's the progressive movements that have been around for ages. Because <clears throat> even Paul talks about to be careful. There's going to be people who are going to be so-called preaching the message, but it's not the same Jesus that I taught you. Be wary. So knowing this, we get to see get to see Paul change a bit, right? We get to see him. He's going to Damascus to gather more Christians to arrest them. And Jesus confronts him. And now this is that whole point, what I told you, surrendering. But there's a piece before it, repenting. It's vital because in ourselves, we've been focused so heavily in trying to be the type of man that we think we're supposed to be for God instead of asking God what type of man we're supposed to be. So we've been living our life in a way that we think is right in the sense that we are taking the path we think we're supposed to be doing. And we, therefore we're teaching our kids to go into that path because we think that is the path they're supposed to be going. But we never stop to ask God, what is it? What, am I supposed to be doing more? I mean, is this the only thing I'm supposed to be doing for my work life? Am I supposed to be doing something extra in my off time? Am I supposed to be involved in this ministry? Am I supposed to be involved in the city council? Am I supposed to be involved in my kids' school board? Should I be a part of these events that are going on? Like, we don't ask these questions because we think, hey, you know, I work my 40 hours or so hours of work and I take care of my family and I go to church on Sundays. Isn't that what God wants me to be doing? Well, of course, he wants you to take care of your family. And of course, he wants to be in fellowship with believers, not necessarily go to church, fellowship with believers. Okay, That's a vital part. But that's not our duty. Remember, we're supposed to be sharing the gospel and showing people what Christ has done in our lives and talking about sin and repentance and loving other people correctly, biblically. Because we're supposed to do it in love. We're supposed to act in everything that we do in love of Christ. But we can't get there unless we repent of some of the choices we've made because we made it out of selfish desire versus doing what God wants. And then once we surrender, now we're supposed to obey God as he leads us. And while we're obeying and doing what we're supposed to be doing, we're supposed to trust. Because sometimes the path doesn't look normal. Paul's a very good example because when he was just Saul, he was out doing what he thought was God's will until Christ confronted him saying, why are you persecuting my people? Now, can you imagine that? You thought you were doing everything you're supposed to be doing. And God says, you're not doing what I told you to be doing. Why are you, why are you doing not what you're supposed to be doing? You're like, what are you talking about, Lord? I'm helping people. No, no, no. I didn't ask you to do that. Well, Lord, no, I gave my tithe. This is not enough. I, I've given money to the church. This is not enough. Lord, Lord, I went to church, brought my family there. They're, they're going to church. What's the problem? I go to this men's thing every, every month. What's the problem? God's like, you're still drinking a lot. Doing drugs. You're hiding in your hobbies. When that guy asked you for help, you didn't want to. 
next door neighbor. When was the last time you said hello to him? When was the last time you prayed for somebody? Not talking about private prayers, but someone who was struggling, hurting, having a frustrating time. Did you stop and say, hey, man, let me pray with you? When was the last time you sat there and listened to your wife talk? When was the last time you listened to your kids talk to you? Have you taken your daughter on a date so she could see what a man's supposed to be like? When was the last time you took your wife on a date? You see, there's a lot of parts to this. Knowing what God's plan is for you. Because there is more that you could possibly be doing. Now, for all of you who have understood this and have surrendered their life and are like doing what God is asking you to do, awesome. Keep at it. Do it in obedience. Do it in honor. Honor God in the whole thing. But I'm running into more people who have not been doing what God has asked them to do, or at least never asked. Because they assumed that what they've been doing, taking care of their family, was enough. Could there be more to your path? I, I think there could be. Ask. You know, I thought I was following, going to follow that typical path like I had mentioned. I thought I was going to get through the end just like every other pastor. The cookie cut way to get there. But God has taken me in such a different direction that only he could have done. Nothing, every choice that I have made, every decision I have made to get to this point, I, if you told me 10 years ago, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, hey, you're going to be starting a church in Hillsboro, Texas, or a Christian ministry in Hillsboro, Texas, where you're going to be training people, you're going to reach out to people. You're going to be building relationships. You're going to be involved in the community. You're going to be doing a podcast for over, over two years. You're going to be meeting a bunch of different guys. You're going to be doing something that isn't typical. Probably be telling you, nah, there's no way. There's only like this. This is the only way you're supposed to go. You go to school, get your degree, get offered your youth pastor job, do that for several years, and then associate pastor job, and do that for several years, and then suddenly a church goes, we want you to be our pastor. That's how. That's how it's supposed to be, right? That's how how it's going to be. And yet God said, no, nah, that's not what I'm going to do. I need you to go through all those struggles. I need you to not be able to get a job. In ministry because I need you to minister to these people that you're going to be working with part-time jobs or online because they're going to need someone to care for them and even though you're going to struggle you're going to be hurt you're going to fall into sinful cussing spells because you are allowing your anxiety to win you you're going to be times wondering if I was lying to you this whole time or that you were wrong in hearing me you're going to sit there in times feeling so dark and down that you're going to feel like there's nothing. And yet every single time I'm going to show myself to you, through each one of them, how much I love you, 
how much I have planned for you. And I'm going to put pieces together that you're going to sit there and go, wow. And when I call you to do this podcast, you're going to have a little doubt because you don't feel confident in yourself. But I'm going to have your wife push you to do it. I'm going to push you to do it. And you're going to start it. And then I'm going to ask you, uh, do you willing a church plant? And you're going to look at me and say, Lord, I know I haven't had enough training. How can I lead a church or a ministry? And I'm going to say to you, I didn't ask you if you need more training. I asked you, would you be willing to do it? And you're going to say yes to me. And I'm going to take you through the next two years trying to show you stuff you need to deal with to work in your heart to prepare for this. And I'm going to provide all the money you're going to need to be able to do this. And you're going to sit there and go, there's no way because I have to get a job. And I'm going to tell you, no, I got it for you. Shall we patiently? And, you know, I'm going to move you to Texas. And I'm going to have you be in an apartment that you're not necessarily happy about. But there's a couple people I need you to meet while you're here for a purpose. And then I'm going to tell you, hey... Check out this small town. I know it's quite a distance away for for driving, but I want you to check it out. And you're going to go willingly to go, and you're going to go and do it. And I'm going to show you that this is the place I need to be. And now we're at where we're at. I don't know how how everything else is going to come together. You know, my car, I need a car. You know, there's people trying to help, but I do need it, and I don't know how it's going to happen. I need a house. Haven't found a house specifically yet that we're like, yes, this is it. We're like at the verge of getting to that point of being excited to the next stage, which is starting the ministry somehow. Even though I have all these plans in my head, how it could possibly happen. Once again, it's leaping in faith because I repented for my, my problems, my battles, my struggles, my personal anxieties, my, my own sins. I surrendered everything to him because I believe that he will make straight those paths and I will see them when it's time to see them. And I'm going to obey his word. I'm going to follow his truth. I'm going to do what I can where I'm at right now to be a ministry minded person for those people that I do meet. And then I'm going to trust him. Even though sometimes it makes no sense, I'm going to trust and somehow he makes it work. And I'll take each of those steps forward, knowing he has a bigger plan that I could just trust in. And that's my challenge for you guys, and even gals that do listen. He has a plan, he has a path for you. Sometimes you may think you see why, but make sure you ask him if that is the why, because sometimes that's not the why. That was the trigger to push you to do it. But he has another plan. This is your time to ask. And then surrender. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask you bless this. I'm not going to say much in this point. Because I think everything you wanted them to hear is enough in the podcast. But I ask, Lord... I'm praying for Ringo. Healing, Lord. Amazing healing. Only you can do healing in this situation to show him grace, peace, and love through it. I pray for my friend Magic. I know what it's like to be 
in his shoes. And I understand what it means to wonder. But I also know that you could provide peace and you could provide hope and you could do amazing things through this time that can give him the strength because he may not feel like he has any. And I pray for his mom, Lord, healing. If you believe her time here is not over, heal. And show those doctors that you are the great healer and show magic how much you love him and his parents. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys go be blessed. Think about what was talked about this week. And see what God will do. I'll see you guys next time.